Hello and welcome to another episode of Kiss Dog Training's Dog Podcast. Today, Mike's talking about three aspects of dog training you should be aware of. Stay tuned. Mike with Keep It Simple Stupid or Kiss Dog Training. Welcome back to the podcast or the video or however you are getting this. Um, Today should be interesting. We're going to look at three different aspects or perspectives in dog training. And I think what's going to be the most important is that you may find yourself stuck in one aspect or perspective and you're not thinking about the other two. And I think all three of them really are important when you're working with your dog. I think you might be able to get a lot more out of your pooch to think about all three of these at once, okay? And basically, we're going to be talking about training skills, we're going to be talking about routines, and we're going to be talking about management. And all three are very basic parts of dog training, but they all come from a different angle, okay? I think the one that everybody kind of leans on the hardest is the training skills, the toolbox, Um, The sit, the down, the watch me, the stay, the recall. Um, A lot of this is luring. You know, I hold the treat and I get the dog into the position I want and I reward the dog for that position. That's what I think most dog trainers are pretty similar in how they teach. Um, Now, obviously, you've got the reactive, proactive sides of dog training. Um, The two different ways you can look at it is wait for the dog to make a mistake and correct it, or you can be proactive and you can teach the dog what you want from the very beginning and reward it. Um, If you fall in that second category, when the dog does make a wrong decision, you simply redirect to the decision you wanted so that you can reward it. But beyond that, I think the luring and getting the dogs into positions and what they call them are pretty similar. So The training skills, and I'll be honest, I think a lot of clients get stuck right there. They figure, I'm working this, things should get better, I'm in a rut, it's not going anywhere. They kind of find themselves in that two steps forward, three steps back kind of mentality. And that's where it gets frustrating. So what I really want to focus on today is how can we use the routines inside the house or outside the house for that matter in the management devices that we're going to use to help the dog make better decisions. Okay, let's talk about routines. And with the routines, I'm going to use a couple of different examples. Um, Crates. So if I get a new dog into the house, uh, because I have a multi-dog household, I feed dogs in separate locations so nobody can get into arguments over food. And I use a lot of crates. So very quickly, within the first five or six days, the dogs understand When I come in and grab that bowl of food and head towards the crate, they follow me, they get in the crate, I put the food in the crate, the bowl in the crate, and the dog eats. And I might do that two times a day. If I've done it for five days, that's 10 repetitions, okay? Very quickly, the minute I start preparing the meal, the dog runs to the crate and sits waiting for the food bowl. Okay, that is how you create a routine. Um, We can even step one step further back with the crate and say, most people make the biggest mistake with a crate by I only put the dog in the crate when I leave and I only put the dog in the crate when I go to bed. So the dog's um, perspective of the crate is every time I go in the crate, I lose my family. So what if I turned around and I still use the crate for those two things, 
But now I add the routine of every time the doorbell rings, you go get in the crate and you get a cookie. How about whenever I'm cooking a meal or sitting down to eat a meal, the dog goes in the crate with a special treat like a Kong with dog food and peanut butter. What if every night I sit down and watch one 30-minute TV program with, again, the dog in the crate, maybe with a Kong, maybe with a chew toy, with a bully stick, something awesome, so that the dog is associating fun things with being in the crate. It's also times where I'm around, so the dog doesn't lose me in the process. You could even consider routines and the crate a couple of different ways. We could look at potty training. I bring that one up because I've got a new puppy in the house right now. And even as a dog trainer who does this for a living, I had to put alarms in my phone at 8, 10, 12, 2, 4, 6, 8. And it went off every two hours to remind me to take the dog outside. That is forcing me to get into the mindset of take the dog out to work on potty training. Now, we all know that part of crate training is potty training. We want the dog to like the crate. We want the crate to be small enough to where I don't want to poop and pee in it so that I'll hold it so that when I go outside every two hours, I'm getting a guaranteed win going to the bathroom in the right location. So if that's my goal, before I can really do that routine, I have to have the dog comfortable in the crate. So this brings us to what could be another routine, which is, okay, I'm going to start with 10 three-minute sessions in the crate. And I'm going to do them throughout the day. Three minutes is not long, but if you do 10 of them, that's 30 minutes a day. And that's a nice, easily digestible amount for the dog. Now, if you are a working at the office type person, I work at home, so it makes it a lot easier on me. Your routine is going to be different than mine, and we have to make it fit your lifestyle. But what it really comes down to, no matter what we're talking about with routine, is how can we be consistent and frequent with what we're trying to teach the dog? It's not how good a trainer I am or anybody else is. It's how good are we at helping you create a routine that builds successful behaviors or habits. Okay? So routine is one of those things that I don't think anybody ever thinks about. It's another reason why... I'm the hand-feeding freak. It's really easy. I know as a dog trainer that you have to feed your dog two times a day. So let's kill two birds with one stone. Let me get you to train your dog at the same two times every single day, and we'll make it a hand-feeding session, and I'll teach you 10 to 15 games to play. So we spend about 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the evening, and those are the two times where we're going to use the actual training skills to create a routine. Okay, so hopefully that all makes sense. What it really means is, you know, quit trying to carve out that hour a day to train. Figure out what routine fits your life that you can do every single day and it doesn't drive you back crap crazy to try to figure out when to do it. Okay, and if you can manage that, that routine is going to help you reward good behaviors. If you love the topics you've been listening to, remember, Mike has written tons of books on dog training, and all are available on Amazon.com. Just search the name Mike Deeth, D-E-A-T-H-E. They are available in audiobooks, 
ebooks, and in print. Keep it simple, stupid dog training, KISS dog training for short, has been helping owners understand their dogs since 2010. We specialize in complex cases such as reactivity, aggression, anxiety, and fear. We offer in-home sessions in and around the Kansas City metro and virtual consulting for those outside that area. We are the dog trainers that focus on training owners, not dogs, emphasizing rewarding what you want and redirecting destructive behaviors into good ones. You can call us at 913-269-7595 or email at info at kissdogtraining.com for more information and help. Mike's coming back now, and he's going to talk about the third aspect of dog training that you need to be aware of, management of your dog's behaviors. Here's Mike. Now, let's talk about management, because that's the other third leg of this table, okay? And management would be how can we prevent bad behaviors, maybe with tools like crates, baby gates, leashes. I guess we could even talk, you know, something as simple as a gentle leader or a front clip harness or a long line or any of these tools. How can we manage behavior that way? Now, I think it's important to remember that management is the prevention of bad behaviors, not what we do to the dog when they make bad behaviors. So a lot of people will ask me, well, why don't you use choke chains and prong collars? Number one, I just don't. I never learned how to use them. I'm not interested in learning how to use them. And to me, I have to become the punisher in those equations. Why am I then okay with, let's say, a gentle leader or a front clip no-pull harness? Because the minute the dog does it, they stop pulling because they don't like the way it feels. They back up. I am simply holding the leash. One of the first things you always have to make really clear with that nose, the gentle leader or nose loop, is that the client understands don't jerk on that thing. There is no leash correction. You have way too much control over the dog's neck. You should just simply hold on to the leash. The dog will do all the learning. If I'm talking about the crate again, how can I manage behavior? Okay, I talked earlier about when the doorbell rings, putting the dog in the crate is a routine. Well, that's also a management technique that as long as the dog knows not to run at the front door when he hears the doorbell and instead runs to his crate, what can the dog not do anymore? The dog can't jump up on my house guests. Okay, so I've eliminated the opportunity to practice a bad behavior and when I let them out, we'll practice sit. Okay. We could also manage behavior by, you know, keeping the dog in the crate for short durations, building it up, and that will help with potty training. Dogs are clean animals. They don't want to poop and pee where they sleep. So if I manage them, when I can't watch them, if they're in the crate, they're going to hold it as long as they possibly can. Now, this is where a lot of people screw up with potty training is they just figure, okay, Well, I go to work at 8 and I get home to 3, so I'm going to put the dog in the crate at 8 o'clock and I'll just hope for the best and hope the dog doesn't go to the bathroom. That's the exact opposite of management because the dog is going to be pooping and peeing in the crate because they physically can't hold it that long as a puppy. 
the idea would then be come home at lunch, let the dog out, maybe have somebody in your family come over around you know mid-afternoon, check on the dog. We're going to manage that to where the dog doesn't have any accidents. And over a period of time, because the dog's always going in the right spot, it is going to be a behavior that we learn in the right direction, not the wrong direction. So simply how we manage the dog can also, you know, do that. And I guess, you know, another management technique where we could use, let's say, a baby gate would be the introduction of new dogs. Okay. It's very rare that you can just have a dog who gets along with everybody else. Okay. The idea is to normalize the meeting of the two dogs. My favorite way of doing it is we're going to go for a walk. I'm not going to let the dogs immediately go nose to nose in a backyard on somebody else's turf and just hope everything goes okay. Uh, One of my favorite little sayings is if you have to put the word hope at the front of the sentence, you're doing it wrong. So if I bring home a new dog, I'm going to have somebody in the family with my dog on leash. I'll probably have the new dog or vice versa. And we're going to go for a walk together. And I'm going to be on this side of the street. The other person's going to be on the other side. We might be talking back and forth. But we're stopping at every driveway. We're asking for a sit. And what we're letting happen is the dogs to get used to each other's presence, the sights, the smells of being in and around each other. And after about a 30-minute walk, we'll start getting closer and closer. We'll let some sniffs happen. It turns more into a pack walk. And then when we get home, we'll both walk into the backyard together not have one dog in the backyard and just throw another dog in the backyard. And we have managed that situation over a period of time to where they get used to each other before they have a chance to do it. You can do the same thing with a baby gate. You know, I foster puppies, so I might bring puppies in and let them be in the living room with me. And my dogs will be in the kitchen behind a baby gate where, yeah, you guys can sniff each other and see each other through the baby gate for, you know, it it might be a couple of days. It depends on how that first interaction goes. But I am managing situations to where a bad behavior can't get started. So what does all this mean? You know, it might be clear as mud. If it is, you can always email us or call us. But really what I want you to be doing is, yeah, we're all, all of us trainers are going to teach you those training skills. What some of us forget to do is help you find the right routines that work in your lifestyle. The other thing that sometimes we forget is to back things up to a point where we can help you manage situations to where bad behaviors aren't happening. It drives me nuts when owners will let dogs practice bad behaviors, jumping up. You know, if if we constantly let the dog jump up, what's the dog going to perfect? Jumping up. And a lot of times owners will yell no or stop or off. And I go, okay, have you actually spent time teaching no or off or stop? What does that command mean? And to them, they know what it means because we're humans and we use words. The dog's never been taught what to do. If I flip it on its head and say, well, if a dog is sitting, can they jump up? They go, well, no. Well, when the dog jumps up, instead of saying no or saying off, why don't you say sit? And then you've got a behavior you can reward. Now, that is a routine and a management style all wrapped up into one because I'm not letting the dog practice jumping up. And the routine is sitting gets me everything, including attention and rewards. So I'm going to quit jumping up because it doesn't get me what I want. So hopefully it's food for thought. If you've got questions, email us, call us. Keep an eye out. There'll be more stuff coming. And um, guys, I appreciate it and have a great day. It's Mike with Kiss Dog Training. We'll see you next time.